This off-mic episode of the Mary and Josh Daily Podcast is brought to you by United Faith Mortgage. Speaking with the River's Brant Hansen and his journey through autism. Mary. Josh. Daily. Mary. Josh. Daily. We are Mary and Josh from the River Along with Brant Hansen, you hear him on the weekends here on the river, and we are so thankful to be able to spend some time today. So, Brant, first of all, thank you, sir. Appreciate having you here. Thank you. I'm honored to talk to you guys. So, um, we are talking about uh, Autism Acceptance Month. And, Brant, I'm going to start this way. You have a book called Unoffendable, and I'm going to take you at that word. In this conversation, we're going to say stuff the wrong way. We're going to say the right things the wrong way, uh, simply because she and I don't have personal experience ourselves or or anyone out away from us in, in our family with autism. And so we know that is part of your story, part of your journey. And so I'll apologize ahead of time for when we say the thing we shouldn't say. Well, you know, my my on air partner Sherry, my producer, is is a black lady, and so she calls it. She makes space for me when I don't say things right, and like she calls the church a gracious place to fail. Oh, and I, like yeah, it isn't isn't it what it should be? So that it's not like you didn't do that, or I'm like it's more of a no. This is this is where you would want to work on how you say stuff. It's like with people who are on your side. So yeah. I, don't, I don't expect any, anything like that to come up, but honestly, like it, this is the place for it. Huh? Well, and I think too, after the year we've had that we have learned that everyone has an opinion, everyone has a story, everyone has baggage, whatever they're coming to the table with. And for me, I have been a season in a season of praying for God to help me be a better listener Mm-hmm. And to help me be more educated about other people's backgrounds and upbringings and why uh, they have this thought or perspective um, from what they've gone through. And I just want to love better and I want to listen better. So that is one of my biggest reasons why I wanted to sit down with you and just kind of pick at your brain a little bit and unpack your life and, and your experience. I appreciate that. And I, I know we haven't even gotten to your first question yet, but that, this is kind of a great first question, like, because if you are different than normal and most of us are in different ways, but let's say you're on the autism spectrum, like it's a wonderfully freeing thing. If people know you're different and they like it, mm-hmm. I mean, they just like it. It's not that big of a deal. It's just like, that's Brant. He's, he comes across a little too this way and a little more that way than you would, you would expect, but that's who he is. And you get the good with the bad. And I think with people on the spectrum, there's, that's a pretty intense good and bad flip side. Like, we can be socially abrupt, for instance. Well, but if you know me and you love me, then actually can become kind of endearing. Like, well, he just says he's honest, you know? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people with whatever your your quirks, quote unquote, are, like if you're, if people know it and they love you, it makes you feel really comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I suppose we should call out the, the elephant in the room, so to speak. If somebody's watching this, they may not be aware that you are on the autism spectrum. And so just talk a little bit about what that is, what that has has meant to you, because for some people, I'm sure that's terrifying to talk about, to think about. For others, they're well-versed in this, but we, we got a little bit of everybody. So so where where are you at when it comes to all of this? Well, I'm still learning, and I think I think everybody's still learning in, in, in ways. And 
like I was diagnosed maybe 14, 15 years ago. And for me as an adult, it was more of an explanatory device retroactively, like to go, Oh, Hmm. that makes sense. Like reliving a lot of stuff going, Oh, okay. Yeah, this fits. And that makes sense. And then beginning to to see the flip side, the good stuff that's come along with it too. Like look what, look what God's done with these quote unquote weaknesses. And he's been able to use the strengths I have too. And so for people on the autism spectrum, it's, it's a wide range. Um, I'm, I have what's called high functioning autism. So does my son. Um, mm-hmm. And my son, I'll tell you guys, like, Here's a guy like me who is, I think he would say he struggled socially, like trying to figure out why humans do what they do. Everybody else seems to f- understand the dance, the small talk, the, the, in middle school, it's the different couples and romances and things going on. You're just like, I don't even, I don't understand any of this. It's a, it's a mystery. So like, I didn't date all the way through high school. I did not have any dates. I dated no one. I wanted to, I didn't know how to talk to girls and I didn't know, but I met my wife and this is this again, you can see when someone's on the spectrum and they find out later, it's like, Oh, this makes sense. Now we were just best pals. Cause she thought I was funny mm. and we were studying and I turned to her and said like, we're, we're mid studying. And I turned and I was just like, I love you. <laughs> wow. Brit. Very smooth. That's and, awesome. And she said, <laughs> "You said uh, thanks." <laughs> that's literally how it starts. So that's this is the one girl I've I've dated seriously my whole life. I dated at all basically, like, and so we've been married for thirty years. But again, I'm not slick socially. I never have been. Uh, but there's a flip side to that. I'm very loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, she never has to worry about how I act around other people. Um, there's a, there's a faithfulness that goes with it. And I think it's largely true of a lot of people on the spectrum, man. You got a, somebody on the spectrum who's your friend, generally speaking, that person is extraordinarily loyal and there's not much drama. Mm-hmm. So Sherry will tell you that my producer, she's just used to working with people in our field. You know, there's a lot of people that are very insecure, a lot of different, a lot of, so if you, if you're working with somebody who just always tells you what they think and isn't, and just wants, just wants peace and friendship. Well, there's, she can drive to work and she's like, I never feel any tension. There's no tension. So that's one of the upsides. Again, mileage may vary from one person to the next, but in general, people on the spectrum, we're not super adept socially or picking up on social cues, but we can learn a lot of it. And I certainly have, as I've gotten older, uh, to function. Um, and we tend to be on the good side, pretty blunt and honest. And usually there's some, there's some, I'm not saying this is the way with me, but there's some genius somewhere in something. It might be something really esoteric or really like minute, like maybe, but, but there's something. And when I, when I interact with younger people who are on the spectrum, I usually ask, what's your thing? Mm. Cause they got a thing that they are extremely good at or extremely knowledgeable. And uh, that's always really fun to me. Well, what, what was, when you were young, what was your thing? <laughs> Baseball statistics. Oh, really? Yeah. 100%. It's, it's practically all I talked about or did anything with all the way up through high school. Like I came up with my own algorithms and like analytics 
way before like sabermetrics really took off. Wow. Um, so like I studied Bill James and whatnot, but I didn't even really care necessarily about seeing the games, but I wanted the stats. So I would go compile stats and that was just my thing. And it, it turns out a lot of people, a lot of people who have Asperger's for some reason, there's a very large percentage of people that grow up like riveted by baseball statistics. Wow. <laughs> so, I never, what? No, I know. And so it's, it's a retroactive thing where I'm, I understand it now. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, so I, yeah. Your thing now, is it just radio? What's no. your, no, I don't know anything. I got you guys. I don't know anything about radio. I seriously don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like people have to come in and like your mic's off. i don't know i i words i would say i'm a huge history person i'm really deep into world war one and have been for several years like really alarmingly deep into that your mic's off i'm still i'm still stuck on that (laughs) yeah i i don't know like i there's these gaping holes of knowledge that i should have but then there's other things i'm capable of talking about where people are like holy cow where'd that come from and that's a, I think it's a common experience for people on the spectrum. And again, my son, again, not a, not an outspoken person, very quiet, very shy. But if you start talking to him, he's one of the most interesting people on the planet. Was there any part of you, Brant, when you got the diagnosis for your son, what was that experience when you heard those words come out of the, the therapist's mouth? I didn't want to hear it. When my wife started exploring it, I was just kind of like, oh, come on. I just, I don't like all the labels that mm-hmm. we have. You know, it's too, it can be too easy. And I understand that things can be overdiagnosed or people can be too uh, prone to therapeutizing everything. I know those critiques. So I was resistant. And then uh, it just made too much sense. Doggone it. And mm-hmm. um and then I came to appreciate that it's actually a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So how did, you, how did you get there from, I don't want this to let's embrace it. Well, for one thing, I think, I think the older you get, you know, when you're, you're in middle school, you just want to be accepted, but the older you get, you realize I like interesting people. Mm-hmm. Quirky is interesting. Smart is interesting. It could be a number of different things. People that are just so whoever they are, even if you watch like Seinfeld, like to give you a classic example, everybody on that show is extremely whoever they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That actually is interesting, right? If you have a group of friends like that, like Elaine is so Elaine, Jerry's so Jerry, the other guy's so, you know, down the, down the list, Kramer. Like, I like that. I don't want everybody to be the same. And I also thought, actually, I like being different. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fit in. I don't want to fit in with everybody. I don't, I think, I think the culture we have is kind of set up to be boring and all about celebrities and whatnot. Well, I'm not interested in that. I think that's cool. And then with my son, we keep bringing up, like he's on my mind now because like he, we homeschooled him. He has challenges with stuff. Uh, Then he goes to Cal Berkeley and gets a degree in linguistics and Russian literature and, you know, studies ancient Greek and old Norse amazing Icelandic that the government sent him to Russia for two summers to study to become fluent and then he goes to work for the government as an intel agent and he's awesome at recon he just promoted him and promoted him and promoted him 
Wow. And now he's off to Yale to medical school this fall to be a surgeon. <laughs> Dude. Wow. I mean, you go from think back to the day you received that diagnosis and fast forward to now the news you just shared with us. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, there's the, that's again, it's the flip side. Now the yeah. intelligence was always there, but it's, 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 it's specified. There's a specified thing. And for him, whatever he puts his mind on, man, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's the way it is. That's just it. You can see examples. There's a classic example on YouTube. There's a guy on the, on the spectrum that, they gave him a helicopter ride around Manhattan and then he just takes a giant mural and pencils the entire skyline plus all the detail of all the blocks of Manhattan. He can, he remembers it. So to me, I find people like that really interesting and, and I, and I'm drawn to them and I almost, I hate to say this. It sounds terrible. I almost prefer them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask that question with the things that you're sharing a unique perspective and a unique diagnosis on things. Life is different and sounds better in, uh, you know, hard, hard to explain, but just in a different way. Yeah. Um, Your lens. I'm almost jealous of the lens that you're, you're sharing about that you see things. Well, there's a lot of pain, especially when you're younger. And I try to tell younger people that like, I get it. But it gets better. Mm-hmm. I would not go back. I would not go back. Like now I get paid to be weird. <laughs> I really do. I mean, yeah. I, I really do. I write books and I'm, I'm on the radio or whatever. Like, and the insights that may have made me strange when I was younger, because I was very philosophical and existential and kind of dark, fatalistic. But now I see through things and I talk about it on the air and how it relates to Jesus, like who he is and how God, I think it's all points to how good he is. Mm -hmm. So again, all of the, all that pain, all the stuff that you go through when you're younger, a lot of times that becomes something that other people are blessed through later on. And I like that. Mm -hmm. That's true for anybody too. That's not just people on the spectrum, but like, but we understand that. Like that's, we, we go through a particular kind of social pain, I think. More madness with the River Morning Show right after this. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, and I, I know, Mary, you had mentioned to me earlier a question you wanted to ask when it, when it comes to faith and, and how all of this looks. What, what is that? Because you said it way better than I could. I just think about the conversations. I just want a little sneak peek into some of the conversations you've had with God over mm-hmm. the years when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, obviously there's so much in life in general, but autism specifically, what have some of those conversations sounded like? Okay, I'll give you one from this week. Um, I don't feel God around very much. So that is alarming to people at first, maybe to hear that. But 
I'm a different kind of guy, right? Like I, I've always related to Mr. Spock from Star Trek. I, I, I'm logical, but for a lot of people, they leave the faith because of that. They think something's wrong with them. Mm. So they're out. They're like, everybody else is having this amazing experience. I mean, look at everything's set up for emotion in our, in our churches, practically, unfortunately it's designed for people who like to be in big groups. That's generally not autistic people. Uh, or people with autism. It's it, it's designed for people who like an emotional feeling. That's why we structure songs a certain way, or we do the lighting a certain way. Like this is all to create a feeling. Well, what if I don't have that feeling? What's the matter with me? Maybe God doesn't love me, or maybe there is no God, and mm. we're all kind of pretending. So for me, I've realized that God doesn't spend much time. The Bible's not much about emotion. It's about obedience. And I figured this out, like, because people pointed it out to me. You know what God's looking for is loyalty. Mm. He's been looking for that from the Garden of Eden forward, like from everybody, from Noah, from Abraham. He's not looking for us to feel anything. And he's, he's honored by our loyalty, even when we don't feel it. So this week, in particular, I have not been feeling it. I go out, I walk my dog every morning. That's when I have most of my prayer time. And I'm literally just going, God, I, I don't, I'm not feeling it, as you know, and I'm sticking with you mm -hmm. because I am loyal. And I ask that you would have mercy on me and bless me anyway. And I'm going to, and I'll, I'll like say the Lord's prayer because I can't think of much else to pray for and acknowledge again, how beautiful everything is that he's created. And like, I'm not feeling you. I know you're there. Have mercy on me, but I know he's looking for loyalty. I know he's honored by that. So that's my, that's my relationship with God is founded on I'm going to be loyal because that's kind of how relationships work. Like even if you're not feeling it, you're still loyal or else you got no relationship. Mm -hmm. I just appreciate your, your real raw um, just being so transparent there because so many people who will watch this and hear this go, Phew, I'm mm -hmm. normal. Cause I know I've been there and Josh, I'm sure at some point you've been there and you do, like you said, you feel so broken. I've talked to my counselor for years about that. So hearing what you're saying is so refreshing. Well, wouldn't that be great news? And I, I wrote a book and I'm not trying to plug the book. for <laughs> I, I literally would like people to read it who can relate to this because I yeah. do think it's pretty freeing. It's called blessed are the misfits. But I talk about that very thing. Like there are so many of us who are not having this emotional reaction Mm -hmm. And then we, we wonder, I must be doing something wrong. Yeah. But that's not fair because emotions are not true. They lie to us all the time. The wonderful thing is that my wife, when she's not feeling in love with me, will still make me a coffee. Mm. Will hug me because she like, it's deeper than the emotion. Like this is, this is way deeper than that. Mm -hmm. But that's real love, right? If I'm not getting a return, an immediate return on, my love investment, I, the, by, I'm not getting the feelings. Yeah. Give me a good feeling. Like, I'm not getting a good feeling. And I still serve you. That's love. Mm -hmm. It's got to be. It's got to be love of God. Because there's no other payoff. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing to me. Like, uh, it is very freeing. And I, and, I, and I do like sharing that message with people because I think they need to hear it. Yeah, I remember my counselor saying to me, uh, she said in those moments where our emotions are lying and they're taking over and we're going down, you know, that downward spiral, she said, you have to go back to, you know, what you know, what you know. And that's just, 
that's what I have to rely on every time when I start to just emotionally go on that roller coaster. So the facts, like you're saying there of who God is. That is so true. I use this example and like, have you guys seen a beautiful mind? Yes. Okay. So spoiler, it's a spoiler, but it was out like 20 years ago. So it's <laughs> You're good. You're good. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> The the whole movie is like this big gotcha because you're seeing these people that are only figments of this guy's imagination, John Nash. Mm -hmm. But at the end, he now is healthier. By the time he gets his Nobel Prize for game theory, he's actually healthier and he's walking out and he sees these figments of his imagination. And we see them as the viewers and they're like, hey, come over here. And he looks and he turns his head and he keeps walking and his wife's like, what's up? Because he he stopped and looked and he, he said, nothing. Because you know the truth. You might feel a certain way, but you know that's not true. Like those people, like you might feel that God doesn't love you. That's doesn't, it doesn't, their feelings don't dictate reality. Mm-hmm. So for people, again, who are on the spectrum, it might be hyper logical, for instance, like me. And that's not everybody on the spectrum, but de- definitely a lot of people walk away from faith because they can't relate to this emotional way of, of encountering God. Well, the emotions are fine. They're good servants, but they're terrible masters. Mm-hmm. Feelings are good servants, terrible masters. And to be able to tell them, look, uh, God's not looking for emotion. He's looking for loyalty. Like that's something a person on the spectrum. Aha, I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm good at, actually, I'm good at loyalty. Mm. Yeah. When you, when you talk about uh, the spectrum and, you know, and, and what this month is, I mean, I just wanted to know from somebody who, you know, is, for lack of a better term, served by a month like this, Autism Acceptance Month. Do you see, do you notice, do you care about a difference between Autism Awareness Month and Autism Acceptance Month? Is that is that a thing to someone in your seat? It's not, a, it's not a thing to me. It hasn't been a thing. I like whatever excuse to talk about it again, because you're just kind of, whenever I talk about it, I feel like I'm setting more seats at the table. Mm. Yeah. You know, just like, uh, and then celebrate. I do like celebrating people who are, who don't fit in very easily. I think there's something deeply Christian about that. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, there's something about having a, having a table of, we call it a table of misfits. Like, uh, it, we're not the cool people, but we're the ones actually having more fun. We're more interesting. <laughs> and, and also helping people who are neurotypical is what we'd call it. You're not on the spectrum, like helping them to, to really understand and then enjoy people who are a little odd in their, in their minds and then catch on like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Well, that's, that's awesome. Cause now you're, you've got a whole new group of friends that you can be friends with who are really interested. Mm-hmm. That's good. One of the things we say about Mary is that she's quirky. So I like her even more now. It works. <laughs> Side note, I had to feed my Russian tortoise before we got on this because he was clanking into the side of his aquarium because he's hungry. I'm like, the last thing I need is him to interrupt the Brant Hansen in the middle of this important interview. And now here I am sharing about it. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of being interrupted by Russian tortoises too. I'm right? sick. I don't know who they think they are because I'm like, I got something to say. And then you're clanking over there. Rude. Rude. He just shined a shell. Like, I don't know what's going on. Just how dare you? How dare you? I'll hold up a side to him. They're just big showboats. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. Such a jerk, this guy. <laughs> Um, Brandon, I, I know we just have a, another minute or two here, but I, I wanted to know, I like to end conversations like this with, with kind of giving you the floor. When people talk about autism, when they talk about someone who's on the spectrum, when they try to consider that and have empathy or sympathy or whatever it is they're trying to, they want to bring everything good to the table. What do you want people to know? How do you want them to act or react? Well, we kind of hit on it, and that is enlarge your your circle of potential enjoyment. I just totally made up this circle, the CPE. Yeah. Uh, Trademark that because that can become a thing now. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't you like, I mean, wouldn't you like to enjoy more people? And in the quirkiness or the oddity that you can be like, that's just so weird. Like, be like, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. And this person is so forthright. This cert- this person is so blunt. Like, I love it. Like what I, I just think that's a, that's something that we all have to, I, I have grown in my level of um, how to say tolerance for weirdness. Mm. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about evil, but just, like, I think that's, a, but I think that's a good thing. I like that change in me. And it certainly allows me to enjoy people. Other people don't get it. They're like, why are you hanging out with those people? Oh, literally I get that. Yeah. From people who are cool and they're like, why are you, but seriously, you went over there. Like, um, but that feels kind of like Jesus to me too. It feels like a good space for me to grow into because that's the way he was. And people were like, really? So I don't know. I I, th- I would recommend that. And I am so thankful for people. And I have many in my life who put up with things from me and just go, hey, don't worry about that. It's just Brand. Mm. He's actually not mad. He just looks like he is. He's really intense. He's thinking about something or like that is so freeing. And these people who are a little bit odd to you or whatever, for you to love them is so freeing to them to be understood. And still loved, my goodness. Like, that's pretty awesome. He is Brant Hansen. You can hear him on the river each Saturday and Sunday, the middle of your day. And thanks again for listening in. The old saying goes, many hands make light work. It happens when you move because moving stinks. I've done it for a lot of people. I've done it myself with my family way too many times. But tell you what, when helpers arrive at the door with a smile, it makes the whole process seem like, okay, yeah, we can actually do this. My name is Josh and United Faith Mortgage, while they won't show up at your door to help you move physically with like their arms and legs and muscle, uh, What they will do is make the loan process as simple as possible. My wife and I have experienced it a couple of times with a new home purchase two years ago and a refinance just last year. And I will tell you, when I got the emails, the communication with United Faith Mortgage, I just felt better because they explained everything so, so well. I asked the same questions a bunch of times. It's how my brain works. I don't like it, but they were super generous. They answered every single question as many times as I needed. They're partners with The River because their core is the same as ours. Faith and family. See how those core values work for you at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York, Animalist number 1330. The Mary and Josh Daily Podcast is presented by United Faith Mortgage, produced by Josh Hooper. For more, go to riverradio.com or on Facebook, search 1049 The River or search Mornings with Mary and Josh.